Welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. Today on the Unicorns, we're featuring twice-nominated Australian of the Year, Tony Clark from Brisbane in Queensland. Tony is an inventor, entrepreneur, salesman, philanthropist, and chief charity evangelist. He spent a lifetime in marketing and production, providing mass training and marketing solutions to global and Australian companies. One of his most important missions and passions in life is to help people experiencing homelessness in Australia. Tony founded Backpack Bed for Homeless, a national charity which provides backpack beds and fire retardant sleeping bags to people who have no shelter and are forced to sleep on the streets. He's also used the fire retardant polar fleece he designed to create Australia's first permanently fire retardant sleeping bag without any chemical treatments. Season Fort's fire retardant sleeping bag was recently awarded a Good Design Award by Good Design Australia for its impeccable design. The company has a social conscience by funding emergency relief projects for Backpack Bed for Homeless. I'm very pleased to say that Tony Clark joins me now from Brisbane. G'day, Tony. Welcome to the program. Humbled. Thank you for uh, allowing me to come on to your show. Okay, so Tony, let's get started. There's a lot to go through. Tell me a little bit about your background. Everything I've done in the past, you could say, gave me those skills and confidence to do what I do now. You've listed it all already. But all the tech, all the design, the business thinking, it's all helped me do something which is harder than anything I've ever done before. I mean, brutally hard, you know, crying Mm -hmm. in hotel rooms, failure after failure after failure. You know, nothing that helps people is ever easy. I wish someone had told me that before, but I'm too stupid to quit. But it's at the same time, it's also incredibly rewarding. I mean, there's nothing better than creating and distributing dignity to folks who have fallen through the cracks, sleeping on our streets, everyone sees it. Oh, it's a horror. But I, mm. it's it's something that needs to be done. Dignity, dignity, dignity. So maybe let's let's go back to um, your early professional years. Uh, I mentioned a few things in that introduction. How did you all get started in in your career, and what were you doing, Tony? Well, I'd, um, I did a bachelor degree in computing information systems, was very keen on, uh, on technologies. Uh, and in the uh, early 90s, I was doing um, virtual reality, QuickTime VR. Uh, and uh, I remember those days where we were, I, was, I was ahead of my time. Uh, in the early 90s, that's early. Yeah. No, oh, sorry. Mm. I'd, I'm getting old. That would be um, 96, 1996. That's early. Okay, mid nineties. That's okay. It's still very, still very early for VR. Yeah, people would have thought you're mad. Yeah, ninety six. Uh, that that was when I was start started playing with it. I was part of the Apple developers uh, community and um, using normal photographs to join all these photographs together and morph them into each other. And then I remember, you know, it's just being ahead of your time is it's it's a bad thing, but um, and I. 
it still happens to me today being ahead of my time. But uh, I remember visiting all the major real estate agencies, et cetera, and they said, no one's ever going to do virtual reality in a house. No one's ever going to do it. It's photographic. Everyone's going to be looking at it to, to break into houses and all of that. And uh, sure enough, a few years later, everybody started doing that. Uh, <laughs> however, um, I, with that in mind, you know, it's it's something that you've got to keep going. What you love, and uh, I just love doing you know tech and tech and tech, and that evolved into other other things like CD ROMs, yeah, CD ROMs, uh, and then making training out of that, and you know we'd win awards and do lots of fun things. And I remember um, CD ROMs. Yeah, I've probably got a few in the office here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then with the CD ROMs, we we started doing hybrids, which is CD ROMs and, and the web, and then and then the and it all then turned into the web, this zany thing. And I remember back in those days, I literally had to make up brochures explaining to companies what the web was and that you could mm. use what we make and you could put it on the web to market you. And it was just a, a, a crazy time of people just didn't understand what the internet could do, the web and all these new technologies. And uh, but we kept evolving and evolving, and it's that being ahead of the pack um, that led us into you know doing greater things for those big companies, uh, the yeah. ASX medical companies, and um, that you know they loved it, and because we enabled them to present better to their core market or present better to their internal in-house. Uh, uh, folks that they had to train on the on the thousands and sometimes tens of thousands, but uh, you know all of that thinking and evolution of thought, um, you know, trained my brain to uh, keep going, keep going, keep going, mm. and um, you know, don't be afraid, just just walk on water because why not? <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Well, let's 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 get to the backpack bed for homeless. So we'll fast forward a few years. Uh, it's been a very incredible product to bring to market. It's had a lot of success. I'm keen to know what inspired you to create the backpack bed for homeless. Well, I was I was sitting in church one day, and um, you know it was during uh, you know that time when people sing and praise and worship, and uh, I was sitting in church, and the idea just popped into my head. You know, homeless people make swags for homeless people. So I said, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea." So I'm just sitting, you know, <laughs> that little thought going into my head, so complete. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. So then, with that in mind, you know, if you're going to help people on the street and you you've got to give swags to homeless people, well, what do they need? What do they need? So, well, you need a bag to put gear in, and and you need a bed. And so uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife thought I was crazy, but my wife and I, you know, we came up. Tony, with... I know your wife. She still thinks you're crazy, I might just point out. <laughs> yes. I, well, yeah, well <laughs> it's you're 100% true because I was literally doing yes. this new charity, Backpack Bed for Homeless, for, you know, for over a year. And um, and I was still running the uh, the IT side of things and, and whatever. Mm. whatever. But um you know, it had to be done. So we came up with the backpack bed and uh, it was all designed with the ethos of how would I want to be treated? Now, I'm just under two metres tall, about 196 centimetres or so. And, and yes, mm. I can fit in a backpack bed 
comfortably. And I'm a little bit OCD and I, I want things to be nice. I want them to be perfect. And that's, and that's part mm. of uh, something my grandfather said to me. Um, uh, he said, you know, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. And so I've, I've been obsessed with that because it's a reflection on me and whatever I create. And so you can't just, you know, make a backpack bed. Well, everything that all the materials for the backpack bed literally had to be designed and created. And, uh, you know, so you were starting from scratch. You had nothing, nothing, zero. Um, yeah. My wife actually, you know, actually cut some uh, paper and uh, we made a paper form, you know, about like a 30 centimeter version of the uh, the backpack bed. And then, you know, we were, you know, using, you know, uh, Quark Express in those days and, you know, and then eventually, in, you know, in design and, you know, making these uh uh, designs, you know, so as we could explain it to to the factories and, oh, geez. But the point that I'm making is I didn't want anyone to be harmed in a backpack bed. So it was it was, it was was very important that everything was fire retardant. And I, I was always, always scared about being on a current affair. Someone gets hurt in a backpack bed. Dun, dun, dun. So uh, I made it, I over-engineered it uh, so much so that uh, it's, uh, you know, you see the same units being used by the same folks on the street for years mm. and years and years. But you know, getting back to back to the backpack bed, you know, it, it answers the question of what to do when people sleep on on the streets have no shelter. So mm. that's very important to us. So the the backpack bed, if you've got no shelter, you know, it needs to be light. So it weighs only three kilos. Yeah, tell me a swag, anything out there that <laughs> weighs three kilos that it doesn't exist. It's more like thirty kilos, Tony. Well, you're not wrong. I, you know, people go, oh, "Well, I've got a swag." Yeah, I've got a Ute, and I throw the swag in the back of my Ute. Yeah, that's because you can't carry mm. it. That's pretty useless. Mm. It sort of defeats yeah. the whole purpose of you know once. Jolly swagman, yeah, running around in his ute with a swag in the back. I mean, it's just stupid. But anyway, back to homeless folks, you know, doing it tough. So it weighs three kilos and it's a backpack with lots of functioning, you know, pockets. It's a, and then it rolls out into a three window tent uh, with mosquito mesh windows and it contains, you know, a fire retardant mattress. And, uh, and it turns into a sun shelter and it's got a fire retardant full body mosquito mesh for those really hot nights. And not only that, you know, the backpack bed's also got a built-in pocket that is lockable. And so when you've got an amazing product like that, your dignity really kicks in really fast to that mm. individual who receives it because it is high tech. It is new. It is built for purpose. It functions. And when when someone on the streets receives their backpack bed, you know, their head lifts up, their shoulders go back, they feel proud. And, you know, some of these guys, you know, six foot five, all that type of stuff, you know, some of them are weep. And you've got to think, why are they weeping? Why is their emotion so like this when they receive a backpack bed? Well, it's simple because they've never been given anything like... Ever. You're right. You're right. And they're doing it tough and so... You know, I think, how many have you given out? We've done 36,000, 36,000. So I want you to think about that. 36,000 people, what's that look like in your head? That's bigger than, mm. that's, you know, rugby stadiums. Yeah, that's a lot of people that have been suffering. And, uh, 
it's it's avoidable suffering. So, but when, you know, but at the time, you know, oh geez, and I said said before, being ahead of your time, it's not a very nice thing. And so it was such a situation whereby um, it was the chicken and the egg, and um, you know, you know, had a charity and had to, you know, how do you get money? Right? Okay, good, you got to yeah. raise money. So uh, went to uh, yeah, we. If it wasn't for, for Tattersalls where we picked up a $20,000 grant, it may never have mm. happened. Um, and, you know, Tattersalls was really grateful for us and uh, my hat goes off to them and they said, you know, uh, they said to us, oh, there's so many charities that, uh, that don't like us because we're, you know, gambling. I mean, get a grip on yourself. Uh, you know, charities and woke and all sorts of stuff. Get a grip. What we're talking about is let's get to the core. Someone's giving money to help people sleeping on the street. That's it. Simple. Let's mm. help people on the street. Get rid of your, your your quibbles. Leave them at the door. Let's keep focused. And it's probably, you know what, probably all those quibbles and, and zany thoughts that the folks have out there, which is why people don't have anything when they're, Got no shelter when there's when the combination is full. It's probably all those quibbles that have stopped people from being helped. Anywho, I think it's important to uh, to recognise you know how it all started, and so it didn't stop there. Oh, geez, finally about the money, and then, mm. oh, geez, looking for a factory that was hell on earth. Nobody in Australia could make it. Nobody in Fiji could make it. I was literally I, I wasted a year. Um, you know, I was talking to consulates and all sorts of stuff. Australia's got no idea. We can't make anything, you know. It's it's a horrible thing. If people really knew what I know, they'd be shocked. They'd be frightened. Um, <laughs> if, if, if we ever went to, to war with a particular country, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do anything. It's crazy. So yeah. anyway, my point that I'm making is we eventually have to go, had to go overseas. And uh, yeah. and then when we made them, oh, geez, that, that was fun. Now, um, but we did it, and we did it amazing. And I and um, and then we 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 had it. The first ship container arrived to our house in Melbourne, and um, the container arrived on our nature strip. And uh, it was a twenty foot yeah. ship container. And I get all the friends over, and we're just unpacking the ship container on on the nature strip, and we're putting it through the d- windows of our house. And uh, that that was that that's, you know and, you know we had a four bedroom house and a massive bungalow and the whole house was chock a block all these bedrooms that were empty were chock a block you know it turned into a warehouse um, and then and then that and then it was like okay we've got to hand these out you know who wants it? how did you do that how did you go about marshalling the troops wearing out the shoe leather you know just providing this emergency shelter system for the homeless well you know if it is to be it's up to up to us so um we we filled up a a van uh, my my father's van and uh, i called another bloke who uh, was you know setting up a a charity just to be nice to people and such like that i said oh let's go out come on so we filled up the van and we went out onto the onto the melbourne streets and um followed some food vans around and our heads exploded um, whereby, you know, we're handing them out and, you know, we're doing a bit of a survey to make sure that, you know, the guys on the street are, you know, uh, rigid ditch because there's a lot of folks that just want freebies out there. You know, it's just, yeah. it's crazy yeah. times, right? So you gotta be, you got to be careful. But what blew us, blew us apart mentally was that we're handing it up, hand, you know, offering it to folks and you know they're doing it tough. You know they're sleeping on the street. You know they look like an absolute mess. You know that. And yet they turn around and go, they say, no, give it to that guy. He needs it more than me. 
Mm. Far wow. out. <laughs> mm. There's a lot of uh, love. Let's love yes. on that on on the streets and but people out you know out in the suburbs they wouldn't have a clue. There's a lot of love um, out there, and and they especially are you know very protective of folks who are brand new on the street because there is no um, you know little red book of what to do when you, when you're booted out from domestic violence or you know you've lost your house and uh, had an accident at work and uh, mm. my, my, my wife died and I can't get it together again and there's so many different you know reasons and uh, you know they say okay let's go here let's go give them a blanket they give them back and oh, all sorts of stuff so there's a lot of love on, on the streets and so you know that really you know blew us apart but then it was a little almost like okay all right, let's talk to the major charities. Cool, cool. Okay, good. And then I was like, oh, man, oh, you need us more than you. We need you. And it was like, oh, for, are you kidding me? We're literally offering you stuff to give to folks doing it on the, t- on the street. What is your problem? And instead, mm. you know, they, they tell us about what they're handing out. Oh, geez, pizza box insulation stuck together with gaffer tape, which is absolutely inhumane and disgusting. And the major major, major charities, I'm not even going to say it, but everybody knows what a major charity is. And they're handing them out mm. thousands and everybody's clapping. Oh, it's recycling. And you then you talk to the people on the street on, who are getting it and they say, what am I, an animal? What's the matter with you? And they get angry mm. and angry. And so they should, because they're being treated with a you know indignant way. I mean, that's not what you would do. And I say to them, I say to the majors, I said, "Would you sleep in it?" And they go, "No." And I say, "What are you doing, handing it out?" And I get all angry. You know, it's like a wake-up call, just because you know that you know they get paid, etc. And it sounds like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving a real bit of bit of stick to to the agencies out there. But let's put it this way: at the time. There was nothing. And as I said before, we're ahead of our time. Um, people are quibbling too much. Um, and people, are, and, it, and it, when you've got something where people just, uh, they've got nothing else, that's a dangerous thing. And it happens today. And so what we've actually done, and I'm proud to say it, but we've educated all those major charities now we've educated Mm. over 800 homeless agencies in australia and they all realize this one thing just because it's free doesn't mean it's good yeah it's a rude attitude to have and because they've seen the impact of a backpack bed they've seen the impact and it's sort of like but it still happens today because you know there's just nothing available and so you'll see stupid stuff still being handed out to, to folks. Am I right in saying, Tony, that um, you, you're operating not only in Australia, but also overseas as well? Yeah, yeah. And I say that with yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, at the time, it was a 2013, we picked up another award for the Backpack Bed. Oh, by the way, yeah, Backpack Bed's, you know, got seven international product design awards. It's in, sitting at four international museums in Paris. It's in Germany. It's in Italy. It's in the Sydney Powerhouse. You know, we had no idea at the time it would turn into a bit of a monster. And so oh. it was around 2013 uh, and uh, we picked up the Edison Award in America. And, um, you know, it was just my wife and I working working 
you know, nobody's getting paid, but working full time and uh, we're doing the homeless charity on the side and we're fundraising, we're manufacturing and we're trying to get the word out. It's never a fun thing in a startup, never, never fun. But we we just needed needed to do it. And so uh, Rotary, approached Rotary and uh, well, we knew someone there or whatever, uh, uh, South Yarra Rotary Club in Melbourne, something like that. And um, they said, Tony, you can't go to America without backpack beds. And I went, uh, Fine. why not yeah 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 it's so cool and so yeah oh, i just love that extra workload just before christmas and so we had to you know lisa and i were manning the uh the christmas uh tree and we came up with a concept that you know when people walk past it was at the carlton shopping center or something like that um a little mall there and uh we you know we raised you know money we hand made a christmas tree and every time someone donated a backpack bed we put a little a fancy thing on on the uh, the Christmas tree, and eventually it was full, and we we had over 150 backpack beds. And we went to the states, yay! It was fantastic. Um, you know, people just came out of nowhere and uh, started filming filming me on the street. You know, the Chicago Tribune, the editor, and other people. You know, it was it was crazy. It was, Mate, you're a star. You're a celebrity. Well, it was, you know, it was something a little bit like that, but it was sort of sad again because again, no, nobody's ever done this before. What is this crazy stuff that's being handed to people on the street? You know, there is no such thing back then as, you know, handing out, uh, you know, per- portable shelters and things like that. It, you know, it, it's new. And so the people in the Edison Awards, some of the, the board or, or, or whatever it was, I can't remember. Anyway, they told their people. And then suddenly from Texas, Nashville, North Carolina, people, you know, flew out to, to meet me in, in New York. Uh, who is this guy? And we handed him out in New York as well. And their heads exploded because they could literally see the impact being done. Mm. Backpack beds on individuals doing it really tough. Mm. And, um, and, and then someone said to me, oh, we really need these in, in America. And because nobody knows, you know, it's, look, we, we turned around and said, there's only two people. Come on, guys. And yeah. Australia is not going to fund you guys. You want it, you know, you fund it and do all that, et cetera. And so I, I said, you know, something that I thought would shoot it and shut it all down real fast. I said, well, look, I'd love to come, but we don't have a warehouse. Within a couple of weeks, we had a bloody pro bono warehouse in New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Six months later. And then you were stuck. <laughs> Actually, well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to follow through on this. Yeah, I was stuck and uh, I followed through. And uh, six months later, there was a 20-foot container of backpack beds sent to New Jersey. Uh, and then um, the rest is history, and we now the charity set up uh, with a five hundred one c three, so homeless, you know, charity tax deductible status in America, uh, and we only have volunteers operating uh, in America, and um, we're just doing our best. And we're about to do some more big things, but then COVID happened, and uh, it's just you know it's sad, you know, you want to help people, and and there's a lot of folks that you meet on the on the streets, and and. A lot of them have passed away now, and um, it mm. it breaks your heart because they know the impact they've survived because of a backpack bed, and um, but because uh, humans are not built to sleep on the street, that's a big thing. Mm. They're not built to sleep on the street. No, you, I wouldn't want to do it. No, absolutely not. You die. Uh, and people don't realise it. And they die in Australia, and you, they die over there, and um, and there's a big thing over there, and and Australia, you know, it's um, you know politicians love love to say, well, they didn't die because they were on the street; they died because of this or that or that. 
And then you you talk to uh, paramedics and they talk about picking up dead bodies off the street, which are hypodermic, yeah. and they describe it. And that's in Australia and Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane. And and it's like, okay, you, you do whatever rhetoric and you that you want, Mr. Politician. You sleep <laughs> sleep that way. Okay, that's good for you. Um, and so the backpack bed, you know, it, it, it saves lives and and it breaks, you know, it just breaks your heart. You just want to help more people. It's such a simple mm. cornflake. The only people who understand it, you know, is everyone else except for politicians. I'm a bit sad. I've been lied to by so many prime ministers and ministers and, and MPs, etc. You know, I get it. They don't want to tell people that there's a homeless crisis in Australia. I get it. You know, but at the same time, I don't know, Justin, I, I don't, people don't even know this, right? Australia helped write the Human Rights Declaration. What the heck, man? You'd think we'd be really hardcore about human rights. We even happily help write it. But we mm. don't do it. What the heck? I don't want to open up a massive can of worms and ask you, Tony, <laughs> your thoughts on the Australian government, not just this government, previous governments going back, say, 10, 20, 30 years, whether we're doing enough to support and try to fix the homelessness issue in Australia. I suspect if I asked, her that, uh, I asked you that question, Tony, this podcast would not last half an hour. It would probably last three hours. Yeah, it's a bit like that. But I, I say this one thing. How is it that uh, Scandinavia, Germany, you know, to them it's a big deal if anyone slept on the street? Because they understand that if you sleep on the street in winter, you're dead. But in Australia... Oh, oh no no oh that's fine no no it, it's fine oh we've got a uh, we've got a program or oh, we've got this etc but it, you know but here's the thing um, and I, oh, I love it I went to Germany right because we picked up this German uh, red dot award which is the biggest thing, thing since sliced bread Porsche Apple they win it but we won it right and um, so we went over and again we handed out some backpack beds in 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 Germany and so I'm videoing the uh, these masters of the universe of homeless charities in, um, in, in, in Dusseldorf and I'm videoing them. and because I'm videoing, you, you can't fake facial expressions, et cetera. And so I, I went up to them and I said to them, Hey guys, you know, what about folks sleeping in cars? And they looked at me stupid and they looked at each other and one of them went, Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was that, you know, those, that, that, those gypsies from Belarus or something like that. But, but we gave him we gave him an apartment, <laughs> and I said, "How is that possible?" And they said, "Well, after the war, you know, we made the we made our we changed our constitution. The first line is the right to dignity. The first line of the German yes. constitution. Yes, and um, and and so they they're very serious about that. But look, you know, there are there there are folks, you know, to be transparent, there are folks." who have mental issues, et cetera, that do sleep on the streets in Germany. And, and so you, the, obviously they've got homeless agencies and they just want to help them. They just want to help them. And so, you know, we, we're on TV at a homeless agency in Dusseldorf and, um, and a backpack demonstrating and rolling out a backpack bed. And um, the, uh, one of, the, one of the, uh, the staff at the agency, you know, came up to us after and they said, Tony, um, one of these guys that we've been, you know, helping for three years, he doesn't say anything. He's finally come up to us and he says, can I have one of those backpack beds? Can I have one of those? 
And to them, it was like Eureka. It was like, holy moly, we've finally broken through to this guy. We can now help this man. Mm. Somebody who's refused help. And there are folks everywhere in the world that do refuse help. But that doesn't mean to say we just say, oh, we judge them. No, we just need to show them love, more love. And it's the same thing in Australia. All those agencies and all those do-gooders that walk around the streets and hoo-ha, et cetera. And, um, you know, you talk to folks on the street and they say, well, yeah, they talked to me and, uh, yeah, they just walked away. I'm still empty-handed and I'm still going to be sleeping mm, in the rain. Got nothing. I've got nothing. And so now, and this is why I said at the beginning, you know, part of the education process with all of those, you know, major charities, et cetera, they understand that relationships are now being built because they understand that if you give dignity like a backpack bed and you give it to that individual, that individual is fully aware that there's not enough shelters. They know this. They're not not going to get cranky about it. They're just realists because there's just, there's no shelters available. And so you've got to think. And so now they understand. It's like, okay, I understand you're doing your really best for me and I'm on the street and I'm, I'm really grateful that you've came out. I'm really grateful that you've given me, you know, a backpack bed. And so relationships are being rebuilt and reformed. And that helps people not only um, get back on their feet faster to get back into the programs because there's a lot of, you know, if you've been hurt again and again and again and you've been turned away and you've become disillusioned with the system that, you know, people in Australia just haven't got a clue until they're on the street. Uh, and, And then suddenly you've given a backpack bed and then you're able to sleep better you're no longer as sick and you're no longer scratching because of, you know, being bitten by insects. Of course. You're more easy to work with. You are more calmer. Mm. You are more happier. You are more alive. I mean, everyone's grumpy if you've slept two hours because you're sleeping in fear night after night. Yeah, and no one wants that. Let's change directions quickly and move on to sleeping bags because I know that is... Uh, another business uh, that you've got. I'm keen to know about Season Fort and how that has evolved. Well, because I had to design all these fire retardant materials for backpack beds and and the fire retardant sleeping bag, uh, and everybody want wants you know because backpack beds are rare. I mean, we only we do only about ten percent of what Australia needs. But um, every year, but uh, people wanted them because they're so darn good. And uh, the people on the street, uh, testament to its quality, um, they, you know, they love telling us, you know, oh, I was offered a hundred bucks, uh, someone, you know, for my backpack bed and I told them to get stuffed. I'm not giving it away um, <laughs> because they know if they don't have it, they're going to suffer that night. They treat them like absolute gold and so you've got this amazing backpack bed and so i thought okay cool um what about if we sell these to the public and then we could uh, generate more funds uh to to help us do more homeless projects so we came up with season four and uh you know the public loved it you know special forces loved it um people who really know their gear really appreciate it and so you know we started selling a different variation a more fancy version um to the public um and it's got to be fancy because you know we 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 are trying to make the best product we can for folks on the street but we wanted to create a, a 
you know, a, a difference. And so we added extra little pockets here and there and little bits and pieces. And we do charge a heck of a lot more. They do cost a heck of a lot more uh, to make uh, because of I that. Bet. So, yeah. you know, I'd rather, I, I, anyway, cry me a river that you can't afford it and you're living in a house and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's not... It, it doesn't exist out there. No, there is no backpack that turns into a shelter anywhere on the planet. And so if you want it, you pay for it. I don't, you know, it's, we're not a charity. You know, you've already got a car and an iPad. We're not giving you discounts for a product that SAS love. And uh, it's, it's an incredible product. You want it, you pay for it. Um, and it's simple as that. And they get it because and then when they get it, they go, wow, that is really good gear. Heck, and so you know that was season four, and so we we decided to um, uh, you know we again we've been making uh, fire retardants, polar fleece sleeping bags, which is amazing. Polar fleece is those jackets that people walk around and ski, yeah, etc. And it's just beautiful, but and it's fire retardant. And I thought, yeah, cool, let's sell it to the public. Let's make some, let's let's you know make some make some money and help more more people doing it tough, etc. Cool, and so. Um, you know, we, we've got these incredible fire retardant, no chemicals, it's permanently. And we've got examples where we wash them over 400 times and it's still fire retardant. You know, airline blanket standards. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. And so, you know, look, if you, if you, can you put a price on your family being safe? Yeah, you can. Where can you buy them? Where can you buy these fire retardant sleeping bags? Well, you go to Season Fort, F-O-R-T, SeasonFort.com. And uh, you'll see backpack beds and you'll see fire retardant sleeping bags. And finally, you will be able to keep your family safe when they go camping. Oh, yeah. What, what happens at a campsite, Justin? Pop quiz. Yeah, campfires. Campfires. Who'd have thought? And what do fires do? They spit fire. And wow. <laughs> but apparently, mm. even though Australians understand bushfire concepts, we just don't understand that. <laughs> fires kill <laughs> and so why on earth would you be in a, in a polyester fireball tent why on earth would you be in a fireball sleeping bag i mean it's just nuts i mean i'm cool for being tough as well that's great but i'm not tough enough to survive fire it's just you know it it wins you know yeah so i, I i'm you know that's where you buy fire retardant camping that's if you want to keep your family safe it's up to you mm. i can't stop you doing whatever you want <laughs> we're all, we're almost out of time tony i could i can talk to you forever what what can i say is next for tony clark and his growing empire of of good what um what's next on your radar screen i want to help more people i need help what's next anybody who's listening to this Give us a call. I want to help more people. It's a simple numbers game. X, I can help more people. It's simple as that. We're not government funded. You know, we've already got uh, an international, the biggest international not-for-profit uh, consulting company on the planet. We're so impressed with the work that we do um, that they said, wow, we've got to figure out what's the impact to the community for every backpack bed. And they discovered that every backpack bed saves taxpayers $3,319. That's not bad for $110. You know, that's a return on investment over 2,200 and something percent. And so why wouldn't we want to save taxpayer money 
And if you're a company out there, why wouldn't you want to have huge bang for buck on your social return on investment? And remember that if you're helping us, it's the equivalent of helping over 800 homeless agencies. We've got the distribution network. We have the relationships. We've got the warehouses. It's as easy peasy. Let's just get out there and help folks doing it tough so as they can get back on their feet faster. And as you know, you just crisis, rental crisis, uh, things are expensive. Uh, you know, people on the street, guys, wake up call. They're not from Pluto. They're ex-iPad, Commodore driving. People used to have jobs. And uh, if you knew what we knew, because we work with those, those 800 agencies, you would be freaked out with the huge numbers that are increasing on the street. You'd be freaked out. And we've got to, we have a duty. We've got to do something. We've got to do something and, uh, you know, help us out. And if you like, if you happen to know a billionaire, I'd love to meet them. I'll tell them how to win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> well, well said, Tony. You're an inspiration to many. Uh, I think what you're doing, what you, you and your wife are doing is absolutely amazing. Um, Tony Clark from Season Fort and Backpack Bed for Homeless. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And we wish you all the very best for the future. Thank you so much for what you're doing. We really appreciate it. Blessings. Blessings.